0: blog talk radio you're listening to
1: the dynamic dojo show with Restita and robert your source for martial arts talk radio
0: three two one we're live
2: With Rasita and Robert. It's our Sunday brunch show on October 18th. And uh, I know we normally air at 6 p.m. on Sundays, but as you know, every third Sunday, it's our Sunday brunch show. And as always, I am joined by my brother in the martial arts, Sifu Robert Steele. Hey, how's it going over there in sunny Burbank? All right, take that back. I guess it was raining. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, it was, but we I went out for coffee this morning and it has stopped. Now it's clearing up. Oh, good. I don't know what the deal is. It's yes, uh, but it, yeah. It's no, El Nino. Going I'm
2: gonna blame it on I'm gonna blame it on El Nino. Apparently El Nino is supposed to give <clears throat> at least us up in here in the Pacific Northwest a a warmer autumn and, and winter. I mean like yesterday it was like seventy four degrees. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> it's like October and I'm like, what's going on? And it's supposed to, you know, at least from what I hear for the West Coast, it's supposed to be a um, a warmer than usual autumn and winter. So I'm going to blame it on El Nino. <laughs>
3: well, last time they announced an El Nino about uh, 17
2: years ago, it turned out mm-hmm. to be El Nino. Yeah, El Nino. That's where everything goes, like like, down the tubes as far as, like, winter is concerned. That was... The Whatever year it was when El Nino was was very prevalent, we had, like, the biggest snow that, you know, we had had in a while here in Seattle. Right. And uh, apparently this year, from what I read, El Nino is, like, the biggest in however many years. I, I don't remember, like... I don't know. I, I almost want to say in history, but that's not that's not the case. But it's been a while. <laughs> so right. um, I, I no. have something I have to share. I have to okay.
3: share this. Okay,
2: please do. Please do. A friend
3: of ours, Tony Collins has just posted this. You may even be looking at it right now. It says, oh, "Our yet. little girl is growing up." Birthday reminder. Now this flows into our birthdays, right? Right. This week we celebrate a very special birthday. Monica Lewinsky turned 50. Can you believe it? <laughs> Seems like only yesterday she was crawling around the White House on her hands and knees putting everything in her mouth. They grow up so fast, don't
2: they? <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm going to have to just, apologize uh, in advance. Did you, are you going to share it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm going to have to apologize in advance, folks. I'm getting over a uh, a cold that's been hanging on for like two weeks or something like that. So if I hack up a lung, don't mind me. Um, but I want to remind our listeners out there about our phone number. Our phone number here is 347- Six seven seven zero six nine nine, and I'd like all of our listeners to stay tuned in because at around eleven thirty or so Pacific time, we're going to be joined by our special guest today, Mr. Rich Boyce. He's a Kempo and BJJ and a ton of other arts practitioner, and he's going to give us a, a bit of insight on his philosophy as to uh, what being a martial artist means to him. Um, and uh, how martial arts helped him get through really tough, tough times through his life. So stay tuned for that. All right. Well let's get moving. Who do we have for birthdays? Hey, Bob. Who do
3: we have for birthdays today? <laughs> we have I Guru. I you for a
2: second there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still here. Uh we okay, have good. Guru, Anthony Kleeman. His birthday is on the eighteenth. We have uh, Michael Matsuda's cousin, Emily Nakasoni. her birthday is on the 20th. One of the actresses that plays a great bad girl from the martial arts kid, Inga Van Arden, and a past guest of the show, her birthday is on the 24th.
2: Oh, right on. Very cool. I'm going to see who I have here for birthdays. I haven't pulled up my birthday list yet. Let's see here. Uh, oops, that's not birthdays. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, my. Where are all my birthdays? <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> I'd like to place a shout out out there for a friend of mine from uh, high school, Nerissa Kalos, um, and her birthday's on October 19th. Guy Roberts, um, a fan of the show and a frequent uh, poster on my personal page uh guy roberts his birthday's on the 20th and i and uh, a former Butokukan karate student of mine Don Yamane Hewitt also on the 20th and that's it For my birth. oh no I take that Back I have one more former student Wednesday October 21st Mr. Jason Gaines so for everyone out There having a birthday the people that We mentioned and even if we hadn't mentioned you I know there's going to be a lot of birthdays this week This tune is for you uh-huh. To our announcements or upcoming events. So, Bob, you, since you live there in Burbank, you're always at the Martial Arts History Museum. You are a very valued member over there, and I understand that there was um, another great event that was held in honor of one of our good friends. So, can you tell us about it?
3: Well, last night uh, I went to John Crane Day. Now, this, this was- started out where we, where I met up with a bunch of has inductees in the Madison Hall of Fame, uh, uh, you know, David Reed and his wife and his kids, uh, uh, Jennifer Liu, uh, Clark Tang, uh, Pete Reif, because Pete Reif has known John Crane for a number of years uh, at Max's Filipino restaurant here in Glendale.
0: Oh, right uh, on. And
3: then I went to uh, John Crane dad to take my wife somewhere because she was going to my son's second baby shower uh, held by <laughs> another side of the family. Mm-hmm. And j- it, it was a really interesting event. I thought it was going to be late, but they didn't start until 4.30. So I got there right on time. times. was good to see John and his girlfriend, Melissa, Tracy, mm-hmm. uh, Pete, uh, Billy Smith, uh, Joe Dawes, which I haven't seen for like two years. I saw him at the Masters uh, two years ago. He taught a, a, a stunt fighting seminar uh, for mm-hmm. us. Uh there were a couple of character actors there. Uh, there was, uh, who was it? Uh, God, I can't even think of the guy's name. His name was Rick Overton, which is a really, I recognized the name, and I looked him up, and he was a real old-time comic performed with Robin Williams. And then there was a character actor there. I don't know his name, but you look at him, and you go, I know that guy. And then you hear his hmm. voice, and you literally know him. Uh, oh. Huh, and cool. there were some funny stories going around. Uh, uh, they played videos. People couldn't make it. They read letters. There was a lot of love in the air for this guy, for John. Uh, yeah. that's one story I remember, see, he, he's been around a long time. And he was talking about he just got his first TV appearance years ago. Mm-hmm. And he, but he was on the movie Hook with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, right. Well, he told one of the associate producers, listen, I got this gig. I'm going to have to leave for a day. And they're like, you're never going to work in this town again. You're going to be blackballed. And, and he's, like, really upset. Well, Robin Williams comes over to him and says, what's wrong? And he says, man, I just got my first TV gig, and they won't let me do it. And Robin looked oh. at him and said, let Uncle <laughs> let Uncle Robin take care of it for you. Oh. And all of a sudden, everybody was, like, really nice to him. <laughs> you know, on those sets, treats you like like especially the stunt players. They said they just treat like dirt.
4: Yeah, they're insignificant
3: yeah. parts of the three. and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. everybody's really nice to him because Robin stepped in, and it yeah. was a really cool story. Just a lot of love. I really enjoyed it last night. Uh, That's cool. It, it was. You it know, was just a that great is very thing. cool.
2: And that just makes me love Robin oh. Williams all the more you know? I know, I know. it's like, you know, the stunt guys, I don't know why sometimes the stunt people are considered, you know, I don't know, insignificant because they're the ones that literally, they're the fall guys and gals. You know, they're the ones that like, you know, put their lives on the line so that way the talent looks good, you know? Unless, of course, the talent, you know, does their own stunts, you know? And and kudos to, to, to action stars that do their own stunts, but you know, I mean, come on. You know, the stunt people have just as much clout, I think. So, oh, absolutely. and I'm not, oh,
3: and there, I'm there not saying another, that just because. Oh, oh,
2: no, go ahead. Right,
3: go ahead. just because you were a part of it a little bit, but there was another guy there, and our age is going to show right now. This guy mm-hmm. was a kid actor. Mm-hmm. He played in the Brady Bunch, in the Joe Namath episode. Which kid? he was he was an african american
2: oh okay. i don't remember him being okay that, okay 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 <laughs> i know which kid you're talking about that was the one about. where
3: well that was the one where bobby pretended to be sick so he could be don't
2: name it yeah exactly yeah 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 i remember that but yeah i remember i remember the kid i don't remember like the exact scene or whatever i know i know it was when like bobby was either talking to him about meeting Joe Namath and he was going no you're not you know <laughs> Yeah, we just showed our age and how much we know about each of the episodes or at least I did. So, <clears throat> yeah.
3: That's right. Oh, I've got another announcement. I my daughter's not going to appreciate this. She passed her driver's test yesterday. So, anybody in Burbank, get out now while you can. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right on. Well, I'm glad because she tried. This is her, like, her second try at it, right?
3: Yeah, the first one, she she, she didn't do bad because she's not a bad driver. It's just she had such a mean tester.
2: They were out right. literally
3: only 30 seconds, and, and the, the tester threw up her hand and said, drive back. And, and Holy just didn't give her
2: a chance. You know, uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. But we ended, we gonna ended gonna up go driving into... an hour.
3: To, to go for her test because she couldn't find any any other place on a Saturday.
2: Oh man! No, do they still yeah. teach driver's ed in high schools over there?
3: Um, no, uh, they sort of teach it in health class a little bit, but it's not like driver's ed. You, now, you, what you have to do here is you have to go and take a class at a professional driving school for like oh, six. Oh wow! Hours.
2: Okay, wow cuz like i remember yeah, when well, i was you, in high school and it might have been the same for you too is um we had a class called driver's ed and we had like a room full of simulators and stuff like that and and if you got like um marked off as passing the class that was your ticket to get into the you know to get in for your actual driver's test right so i don't right, i don't know what happened yeah. yeah i don't know what happened why they're not keeping it as a as a as a class in high schools anymore but i think they should because it you know because we didn't have to pay for it right you know exactly why
3: because they had to pay for the instructors
1: and we didn't have to pay for it
2: yeah yeah it was all it was now it's all about money it's all about money and it's it's too bad because anyway Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll go on and on about that. Let's move on. <laughs> well, that's cool about John Crang Day. I wish I could have been there. I really do. But I was like teaching all day and running around and and getting ready for the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. That was really fun last night. Well, let's discuss that. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about it a little bit. It was funny. I when I got there, um, I got there about half hour early and I decided I was going to change there because I can't drive a stick shift in heels. Right. <laughs> so, so I brought all my stuff and, and I got out and it's a good thing that I chose to change when I got into the venue because I went, I didn't know exactly where it was going to be. I had a completely different um, vision of what Emerald Queen hotel and casino looked like. Right. Um, there's actually like two or three buildings. And I I drove in and I got lucky and got parking in front of the building uh, of the conference and ballroom area. Right. And I'm like, it's got to be in here. It can't be in the casino. That would be stupid. (laughs) Right. So I I parked and I came up to the building and it's dark. It's absolutely dark. It's dark inside also. Right. And I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? And I, I checked Facebook. I'm like, no, it's today. What's going on? And the guy that nominated me, Justin Martin, you know, he he emailed me the day before and said, hey, I'm I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. So I'm like, I know it's today. (laughs) So I went over to the casino, which is way across the freaking parking lot. And I didn't, and I, and I went. Thank God, I'm wearing my tennis shoes, right? Because <laughs> I would I would have been a grumpy cat if I had to have worn heels, right? So I go over to the casino and talk to a bunch of security guys standing out front, and I'm like, so I'm guessing that the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame is over in the conference building, but it's dark can you guys double check for me if the event is here? So they're like, sure, ma'am, just hold on a second. So they radioed into the security headquarters and they got an answer back. There is no martial arts hall of fame event. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding. And, <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 wait. How about you just go over there? Cause sometimes, you know, events don't open, you know, until like 15 minutes prior. And I'm like, well, okay, sure. So I go over there. And by the time I got over there, the lights were on, right? And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And then they they finally put up the banner that said USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. And I met up with uh, Master Craig Jorgensen and Master Mike Shintaku, who are long, 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 long time Pacific Northwest uh, martial arts names over here. And I'm like, hey, how you guys doing? And uh, so we sat outside until about like five minutes before the event was supposed to start. And um uh, we lucked out. Uh Dr. Jim Thomas put all of us in a table right up front. And uh Dr. Jim and his wife Lori sat with all of us as well as Kathy Long. Uh that was a surprise. I didn't even know she was there until she sat down. And uh it was it was a it was a cool, cool event and uh and I thought it was only held in Seattle like um, uh, not so often, but apparently it is every year. Yeah, once and a year. I had, yeah, yeah, I had, but I didn't know it was in Seattle. You know, you know, kind of like how our how M H O F Masters Hall of Fame. You know, it's it's in California. It's in now in Texas, and th- next year it's going to be in Ohio. How it like kind of moves around a little bit. I thought that it just moved around, right? But you know, wow, that's pretty cool that it's in Seattle every year. So it was uh, it was really cool. I missed out on all the seminars because I was teaching all day. Um, but I hear that it was just phenomenal seminars. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, these awards the awards are like these big plaques that they're like doorstop. <laughs> I was like, holy moly! How am I? Good thing I have an SUV. I mean, that's how <laughs> that's how big they are. Wow. And I was like. Man, okay. Um, but you know, it it was a it was smaller than our event, um, mainly because it's local. Um, and that's good, you know, because it was primarily local. But there were people that came came in from your neck of the woods. Uh, like Kathy and uh, some other uh, masters and a a Kajukembo guy, actually, uh, that got inducted, came in from California, people coming in from the East Coast and the Midwest. It was was pretty cool. And uh, uh, Dr. Jim Thomas is just a hilarious guy. I had no idea. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) He's hilarious. So I had a great time. Um, Special thanks and a shout-out goes to Mr. Justin Martin for nominating me for Wushu Pioneer of the Year. So, wow, very cool. So, but I'm looking forward to the Ohio event for the Masters Hall of Fame. And with that said, I kind of want to, you think it's too early to announce this, Bob, that we might have um, Hunchy Den Hecht, the CEO of the Masters Hall of Fame, joining us next week to talk a little bit about the event. Is that, you think it's too early? I just announced it anyway. <laughs> I don't know what, what is wrong with you. I don't. Know. Well, I mean, I, it's like I still, I, I still haven't heard back from Dana about uh, getting a list for to notify everybody about the ambassador meeting before the show. So I'm kind of going, um, getting kind of worried. So we have one week. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Me and Bob will figure it out. No big deal. So anywho, <laughs> well, let's move on. Very cool. I think that's it for my announcements. Do you have any other upcoming events or announcements there, Bob? No,
3: not mine, Nagulas.
2: All right. Well, let's move on to where's my health news thing? Let's move on to health news. Okay. I'm missing buttons all over the place here. All right. So, did you did you know that there are ways to wake up at work? In the afternoon, during that, you know, during that, oh my gosh, at the, I'm so tired after lunchtime. Did you know that there's a way to wake up without coffee? I had to read this because, like, I'm I'm drinking coffee all day, because <laughs> which is probably not a good thing, but hey, you know, I'm not falling asleep at two two p.m. So, <laughs> what about you, Bob? You know, you're at work. I mean, do you get the do you get the uh, afternoon slump?
3: uh if it's slow if oh, it's right. slow. if i if i'm really busy it doesn't even affect
2: oh okay yeah no, that's kind of the same thing for me but in my case you know if i'm just doing email correspondence or or uh marketing for my studio or something like that i start to like fall asleep and all i can think of is must coffee <laughs> now um Ann andrews um phd says, hey, wait, 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 hold up. While your first instinct might be to get caffeinated as soon as you can, you might get away with doing and spending less. In fact, that late afternoon cup might keep you up at night, leaving you in the same place at the same time tomorrow. So Dr. Andrews says, when you're sleep-deprived, experiencing low blood sugar or simply Need a break for, wait a minute, that didn't didn't come out right. This article is not coming out right. Okay, whether you're sleep-deprived, experiencing low blood sugar, or simply need a break from your computer, there we go, there are many ways to reg your energy in less time than it would take you to go to the nearest Starbucks. She says sometimes it's just a matter of increasing blood flow to the brain and to the body. So rather than giving in, To your coffee cravings, you want to try these easy mental tricks the next time you're nodding off in front of your computer. All right, number one, watch a viral video. Go figure. That's because tuning into something entertaining helps you lose that zoned out feeling you get when you've been staring at your computer for too long. Changing your focus for even just a few minutes or engaging in something pleasurable, even if it's a mental activity, can break that mesmerization. So if you're addicted to Candy Crush, yes, video games can help, but only for a few minutes. That can help prick you up, too. Um, if you focus on any kind of other activity other than your computer, be it visual or another stimulating activity that you find pleasurable, that'll, that should be enough to improve alertness. Okay, number two for wake-up tricks. Drink a glass of water. Now, if you're working out nearly every day, it might not just be muscle fatigue that's slowing you down. Dr. Andrews says, I think that dehydration is probably underappreciated, particularly for people who are regular about exercise. Now, being dehydrated can actually affect the way blood moves to your brain. One of the main systems that feels the effects of dehydration is blood volume. And when blood volume is decreased, you may be getting reduced blood flow and nutrients to the brain. So pausing to drink a glass of water may just be the wake-up call you need. Okay, number three of the wake-up tricks. Go outdoors. Taking a stroll around your office will probably help you shake off the urge to snooze. But hitting the streets is even better. Certainly, getting outside and raising your heart rate a little more and exposing yourself to sunlight can even be more effective for some people in terms of improving alertness. Some research indicates exposure to light can improve mental awareness. So even if you only have just a few minutes, that could be enough. You probably only need brief physical activity to break the effect of sitting and focusing. All right. Number four, pop a mint. A mint. I didn't know that. If you're like most people, you know the afternoon can be a danger zone for snacking. Your blood glucose will reach its lowest point about three hours after a meal, so you can imagine that time period is a collision of effects for many people. Dr. Andrews says. Before you reach for a cupcake or other sugar, consider your alternatives. Something as simple as putting a mint in your mouth can be just enough to counteract that zombie-like feeling you feel late in the afternoon. Once again, it's all about just having a little bit of sensory stimulation. But what if you can't wake up? What if you still want that coffee for that boost? It means you're probably seriously sleep-deprived. All of these things that I just mentioned Uh, about are really to combat problems with psychological alertness, but none can overcome chronic sleep deprivation. So Dr. Andrews says you might just need to seriously commit to getting more sleep. People are just staying up too late. They get up to the alarm every day. And by Friday, they are down by as much as 10 hours of sleep. And that's really going to affect your performance athletically, physically, and mentally wow can you imagine that just losing 10 hours of sleep a week that's crazy i know so,
3: isn't I'm that's not
2: that's nuts. so that's that's it for my health news so let's move on to weird, weird news all right what do we have for weird news
3: well you're you're everybody's familiar with the dui or dwi depending on what part of the country it means driving while intoxicated Mm-hmm. Or driving under the influence.
0: hmm
3: Well, you know, it's, of course, illegal to drive a car while while intoxicated. It's illegal to drive a boat while intoxicated. I have a real interesting one for you this week. So.
2: Okay. Okay. A man
3: was held on $5,000 bond Wednesday after he was arrested on a Florida bridge and charged with felony DUI in mm-hmm. his motorized wheelchair.
2: <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> oh, God. I can't wait to hear the rest of the story. Go ahead. <laughs> I, you know, oh, God. You know, it's one thing,
3: okay, technically driving while intoxicated. He was driving, he wasn't a motorized uh, vehicle. I'm interested <laughs> in how they charged him with a felony.
2: Yeah, this yeah. going to be I, I, interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm
3: interested well, in hearing about this. Ronnie Scott Hicks, 54, remained in the Brevard County Jail after his arrest shortly after midnight Tuesday at AIS Tra- Trail Park in the town of Palm Bay. According mm-hmm. to Brevard County court records, police say that Hicks was blocking multiple lanes of travel on a bridge and that he smelled Strongly of alcohol. He refused oh, to take a field sobriety test, they said, and he declined treatment for an unexplained head wound. Had an extensive DUI record, including two convictions in two thousand and thirteen and one in nineteen ninety eight, court record show. It it couldn't immediately be determined whether those offenses were committed in his wheelchair or in a more traditional vehicle. Wow.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> you know, the other day I I was going to pick up oh. pick up my wife from work. I was running late and I was passing by the hospital by Disney Studios mm. and there were three cops that had pulled this one guy over. And now, now, taking the consideration, this was about seven o'clock at night.
0: Mm-hmm. They were
3: giving this young kid driving this SUV a field sobriety test at seven p.m. Wow, I felt so <laughs> sorry for that kid, man.
2: Right? He must
3: have been absolutely hammered.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. you can
3: tell like, when I passed him, he was doing the straight line test. Uh huh. <laughs> and he was fa- failing badly. Oh. <laughs> Just from be watching him.
2: What straight line? <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, oh, geez. man. Well, yeah. that is my weird news.
2: All right. Cool. Well, what do we got for entertainment news?
3: Okay, so my notes say, <laughs> Bob, who is Lamar Odom? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a good reason for that, and it's not your fault. It's the fact you don't have kids. Now, when my kids were growing up, they loved uh, – oh, what was the name of that show? It was I forget what it was called. Keeping Up with the Kardashians.
2: Oh, 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 right. Okay.
3: Lamar Odom is married to Khloe Kardashian, but how he's really known for – is he's a Los Angeles Lakers? Hmm,
0: okay. Now
3: I had heard that Chloe had flown his kids into Vegas where he was hospitalized because he was found unconscious and unresponsive. Get this, and I may I may say it again because it does bear repeating, he was found unconscious, non-responsive in a legalized Nevada brothel.
2: Oh, OK. Hold on. I think I heard about this on the radio, uh, but I was just halfway listening. OK. All right. What's the rest of the story?
3: If you were halfway listening, you will make someone a an absolutely great wife one of these days.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get the room shot. OK.
3: <laughs> yeah, just, just a half room shot. <laughs> Lamar Odom has shown or had significant improvement in, the, in his condition in the last 24 hours, and now he's breathing completely on his own. He was actually on life support. Wow. Yeah, he was not good. Our, ho- our hospital witnesses say Lamar has been taken completely off the ventilator. We're told he's still wearing an oxygen mask to increase his oxygen levels, Another big improvement, Lamar has been responding to doctors both physically and verbally today, and his heart is still doing well. That oh, good. said, Lamar still has major medical issues. Several organs are still not responding.
2: As Holy our source molly. puts
3: it, this is the best 24 hours he has had so
2: far. Wow. Wow. Whoa. I wonder, that, does it mention... At all, you know what might have been the cause of his uh his condition? No,
3: it doesn't say a thing. <clears throat> it, it could have been uh anything. It could have been uh, drugs, alcohol, whatever it was. Because you know those brothels, that, and as much money as this guy has, the alcohol and probably drugs flow like water.
2: Right. Right. Wow. Jeez. Well, I hope he gets better. I mean that. That, that sucks.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I know, and
3: I hope he can resume his career and that this doesn't affect him so physically that he can't resume his lucrative career as a pro-NBA player.
2: Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's too bad. Wow.
3: Yeah.
2: Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for entertainment news. Oh, so- I've, oh, I've got something go funny
3: ahead. to tell you. One of the guys <clears> last <throat> night, Well, the character actor I told you about, he was mentioning blue screen, right? Uh He was talking about the blue screen. And then he said the F word. And he Uh he covered his mouth and said, oh, my God, can I say that? Can I say blue screen?
0: (laughs) That's good.
2: That's pretty good. That one gets a rim shot, too. Here we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's do this. Uh, let's just take a short uh, three-minute break or so. And uh, when we come back, we will be joined by our special guest today, Mr. Rich Boy. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this.
1: If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council.
0: Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you.
2: Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever.
0: Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance.
4: Teach us to understand one another.
0: Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faith, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another.
2: Inside this little Burbank building, this
1: is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of Each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here.
3: Japan had the samurai.
1: Here we go into our Korean section.
3: In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be
1: an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime... Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is Joe Douglas Wong.
0: Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show.
1: The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world.
3: Do you have an idea for a guest? Or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to Post at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook
1: page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert. Your source for martial arts talk radio.
2: Alrighty, and we are back. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert, and it's our lunchtime Sunday brunch show. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'd like to bring on the mic here in a sec um, a friend of ours and a fan of our show, uh, Mr. Rich Boyce, and he has a background in many different martial arts, um, including Kempo and BJJ, Uh, but rather than me... Telling his bio, why don't we just go ahead and bring up Mr. Boyce's mic, and he can tell us himself. So, Rich, thanks for joining Dynamic Dojo. How are you?
3: I'm doing great, thank you. And and how about yourselves?
2: Pretty good, pretty good. It's been a great doing weekend well. so far. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, and and by the way, it was it was. A, I have to thank you guys for all, allowing me last last time. Uh, for being a guest host um you know when um when you had Cynthia Rothrock and James Wilson on the show. Oh, I have to it thank was you our guys.
2: pleasure. It was our pleasure. We had a blast. It was fun having you on as yes, a guest co host. Yeah. Yes, you know it was, it
3: was, and it was quite funny too.
2: Yeah, it was it was a, it was a great show. That was so much fun. Yeah, thanks mm-hmm. for joining us on that. Awesome. Well now it's your show. <laughs> yes. You're not a guest co-host I, anymore. This is your show. I, I, this is your honest. time
3: now. I'm glad. I,
2: I, I, yes. <laughs> I'm glad. And, and, yeah.
3: And for all the listeners, and, and for all the listeners, you have to bear with me. I stutter. I stutter a lot too. So, so if, for all the listeners, you know, just bear with me here.
2: <laughs> That's okay. You should, you should hear me when I'm just. Hanging out with Bob, I have to literally train myself to, <laughs> to, to not stutter all that much on on the radio. All right. So what we like to do um, to start off um, any discussion with uh, with any of our guests is we like to have our have our guests take us back to when they first started okay. martial arts. So can you tell us a little bit about how you started in martial arts?
3: Yeah, uh, so I was three years old, and I, I'm from Middletown, Connecticut, and um, uh-huh. well, I I was a, I'm from that whole area. Um, I grew up in different parts of of Connecticut, but um, but my first school ever was East Hampton Kenpo Karate School in East Hampton, Connecticut, and the instructor's name was Sifu David Noakes, and uh-huh. at the time he was a fourth degree black belt and um it, you know it, it wasn't this big huge gigantic you know dojo and you know with like you know all this you know like like all the stuff that you see today you know uh-huh. but it it was it was basic and it was what i needed at the time you know and um and you know like it, it was amazing to me you know and uh i started i started there and um And, you know, throughout the years, I, uh, training with him, um, I progressed pretty, pretty quickly, you know, and, um, uh, I, you know, like I, I think it was a purple, uh, maybe a purple belt, or or maybe maybe a green belt. I don't remember. Um, but um, I started helping him do the Friday at the at the school program, basically at, at the Memorial School, um, the elementary school. Basically, um, mm-hmm. I started helping him teach the the, the at the school program, and, um, and 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 I also was was going to a, a lot of the. Uh, uh, the inter-school family tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we would have Middletown Kentville Credit School, and we would have um, a few other different schools. You know, that were that were connected within that school. Um, you know, join in, and and um, and it was great. You know, and the first time I ever won um, a uh, first place was in weapons. Actually, um, mm-hmm. I, I was doing. Um, I did a. Um, a, a, a staff form. And, um, it wasn't like an extreme form, you know, but it was more or less, um, a traditional form, but it was, mm-hmm. I, but I, I put it my own little, uh, little take on it, you know? And, um, and the the judges were blown away. Um, I was doing a lot of figure eight spinning and um, I, I did a couple of, um, of forward roll, uh, four roll outs with it. And, and, um, you know, just a couple of like around the back stuff, you know, and um, you know, it's just my own little take on the form that I had learned and uh, they loved it. And, and, and at that time I was a Brown belt um, and I was going against Brown belts and black belts and, and um, out of all the black belts and the brown belts, you know, I I got first place, and I didn't think I did too well, you know, you know, in my mm-hmm. own opinion, you know, but but the judges saw differently, you know, they saw, you know, they thought, you know, that I deserved first place, and you know, and along with with that, I did sparring and um, uh, the point fighting, and um, and I got second place, you know, and and, and it was amazing to me, you know, um, oh, but. Cool. um yeah, and so American Kenpo um is my foundation, but like over the years I was uh I I've been doing uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, uh, I I did it in uh in North Haven on um, at the at the Henzo Gracie school um in North mm-hmm. Haven, Connecticut, um and um and within the the Hampton Kenpo Credit school I was learning on um, modern arnis And um, and small circle of jiu-jitsu, he would have – Seafood Nokes would have um, – he would have Wally J come there and and Remy Priestess, you know, because, you know, they were still alive at the time, you know. And, um, you know, the biggest thing that I'll I'll never forget is I was six years old and uh, senior Mm -hmm. grandmaster Ed Parker Sr., the founder of American mm-hmm. Kid Party had a seminar um, here in Middletown, Connecticut, and it was at the YMCA. Mm-hmm. And I was six years old, but I'll never forget it because, you know, I'm 32 now, so that's a long time ago. Yeah. But but just the amazingness. This guy, Ed Park, Mr. Parker, was ginormous for me ginormous I mean he you know an adult is usually ginormous to any six-year-old but this guy was just huge but he could move so fast it was just Mm -hmm. there's not a word to describe it you know and he was just so fluent you know and and then at the end of the tournament, he he gave me this. He took off his, this necklace and he put it on my neck. I have a replica of it. Um, it's not the same exact one I had. I I had it, and then someone stole it. Unfortunately, it is what it Aww. is. But you know. Um, but um, yeah. Um, but you know, man, like that that day, that, tor- that that seminar. You know, like that. That's what made it. You know, where like. My, you know, my love for martial arts, you know, really was, was like everything to me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I loved martial arts back then, but that time was like, I knew that, that was what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You Isn't know? that funny and, how
2: martial arts does that? You know, uh, I'm a firm believer in that it takes a certain personality, you know, to, to do martial arts as long as we have. You know what right. I mean? And, you know, it's kind of like anything, you know, how like some kids will get into, um, I don't know, they'll get into uh, taking apart radios and stuff like that. And that's what they do yeah. for the rest of their life. And and it yeah. takes, you know, a certain personality to do that. And, uh, yeah, and isn't it great how martial arts draws in kids like that?
3: Yeah. And, you know, like nowadays, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they see the, the, the MMA and mm-hmm. – uh, you know, I'm kind of going off of what I put, po- you know, like I commented on something that you had posted on Facebook, you know, the other day. And I'm, so I'm kind of like going off of what I'm about to say. I'm kind of going, going off of what, you know, what I commented on um, mm-hmm. here a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of kids nowadays and people my age, you know, they see all this MMA stuff, you know, and, you know, MMA is great, but you know, they don't see the tradition behind it. They don't see the, um the um the background in you know in each thing that in in mma you know and like now mma seems like it's you know like it's almost losing the the um um you know the importance of like what martial arts teaches us you know and teaches kids you know it's not just about you know the punching and kicking it's about like having confidence, you know, and, like, standing up for yourself when you're being bullied, you know, like, and bullying, you know, speaking about bullying, you know, like, The Martial Arts Kid, that movie, man, like, it really shows, like, what it's, like, how it's not good and how, like, how, like, we can stand up for, you know, for ourselves and we can stand up for our friends, you know, and, and kids, you know, and, you know, and, like, um, you know, it's just, like, The traditional martial arts plays a big role in, like, how we present ourselves and how we, you know, and and how we can better ourselves, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and that's what, to me, martial arts is most important about. You know, well, yeah. sure. anybody yeah. can throw a punch and a kick. You know, anybody can 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 do a takedown. Anybody can, you know, can do can hit a certain point in the body. You know, and, and activate a you know um you know a, a you know and activate the electric the, the electrical points in the body and eventually make the person fall out. You know, passed out. You know, anybody can choke somebody out. Anybody can break an arm. You know, mm-hmm. but it takes a real, uh, you know, real focus to like. You know, to feel like to to feel like your world is coming down on you, and then like say like it's gonna be okay. You know, it's Mm -hmm. gonna be I'm gonna be all right. You know, like don't give up. You know, continue. You know, like fight for what you believe in. You know, Mm -hmm. and have that that courage to like just say like I can do this. You know, and you know like that's what martial arts for me is all about. You know, Mm -hmm. because. Um, that's like so important. Like, people forget like the 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 spirituality behind martial arts. You know what? Because martial arts, it's it's about building your mind, your body, mm-hmm. and your spirit together. You know, all in one. You mm-hmm. know, and that's just how I, I'm just a firm believer in that. You know.
2: Oh yeah, we we agree, and um, I you know it's it's funny you, you had mentioned that you know, many, um, MMA players forget about the traditions, um, in martial arts, um, uh, many, not all, um, you know, <laughs> so right. I just want to put it out yeah. there. Many, not all, uh, or just uh, maybe I should just say some, some, not all, you know, will downplay traditional martial arts. And, you know, I remember, uh, like last month I came across this article and I just found it again, cause I, I had to like Uh, Because I had to look at it and go, what the hell is this all about? But it's got some good points, and it's got some points that make me go, rah, right? You know, traditional martial arts Mm -hmm. have a place in it. But apparently this article says that there's four main reasons that traditional martial arts um, don't work in an MMA ring. Number one, lack of conditioning. I have to beg to to differ on that. Number two, lack Mm -hmm. of groundwork. Number three, lack of sparring. And I have to beg to differ on that. And four, lack of cross-training. Um, which I beg to differ on also. Um, And, you know, the the gentleman that wrote this article uh, made some really good points. Um, However, I tend to look at it like, you know, sometimes, you know, people from any art, not just MMA, will look at other arts and only see, you know, a big picture of it and only see the surface of an art rather than, you know, really delving in and going, what you know, does Kung Fu really have, Groundwork and grappling. Yes, we do. It's called shuai jiao. But you know, if they're yeah. just watching Shaolin Kung Fu people doing you know fancy forms, that's all they see, right? You know, yeah. so it's kind of like you know, I agree with you there that you know the the, the traditions you know um, you know are very valuable. It it, it gives a uh, it gives any uh, combatant whether traditional or MMA um, a good, I guess a uh, not a moral, but a a a a great base um to work their and their motivation on and stuff like that. So but yeah. that's just me. You know, there's gonna be, you know, MMA people that'll be like, Oh, that's bullshit, you know, but whatever. You know, right. <laughs> you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, so Bob and, and so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was no, gonna ask Bob if you had any comments on that. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. You know, let's, let's hear Bob we, 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 Let's see what Bob has to say about that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of what you had to say, Rusty, that I totally agree with because they only see the forms. If they see, see the wushu or the tai chi, they only see the forms. They they don't see that there is a part of ground fighting within a system mm-hmm. uh, like Dumog or something like that. It's just right. we don't – that's not our core. Yeah, we would prefer yeah. not to beat there in the martial arts kid. Uh uh not Orlando. Uh our Marcus Taylor tried to take down Don Wilson with double leg takedown. He palms mm-hmm. he, he sprawled, palm striped him in the head, and it hit him. Because yeah. that's not mm-hmm. Don's focus. He wanted to show that it was okay to do that. Uh, but see that is their core. Ground fighting is BJ is is their core workout. Not like right. the beginning of UFC where it was only right. Hoist Gracie. That mm-hmm. was it. And mm-hmm. he was beating everybody and Bill kemo came along and beat the crap out of him. And he still yeah, won the fight and by arm barring him. In his green exactly. fight, Hoist would have gotten his butt kick. Right, mm-hmm. and it's like Matt Hughes. like Matt Hughes, Matt Hughes beat Hoist Gracie bad. Um, and Matt Hughes um did not train um in um traditional gi Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He trained in, in jiu-jitsu just not you know just not in the way that, like traditional you know where you where you're going go in and you wear a gi and you you know and it's new technical. He trained combative wrestling, you know, combative <laughs> grappling, you know um which in 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 hindsight, it it's the same thing, but just without a gi. But it's just a little slightly different. Um, but he still beat Hoyas Gracie, just like Ken Shamrock. Um, you know, um, you know, was, a, he, he's a wrestler, but he didn't have the grappling that you know, and in, in the judicial skills that Hoyas Gracie had in, and Ken Shamrock lost every time against Hoyas Gracie. Every time. You know? Um so there's good and bad in all. Just like in Kenpo. In Kenpo we do a lot of groin strikes, we do a lot of throat strikes, um, we do a lot of eye gouges, we do a lot of um on um, inserts um a little additives basically you know um where we do a block and then we we kind of just elongate our block and we make a strike out of it, you know like a rake to the eyes you know on um, or like um you know in in for example um okay, five swords um most famous technique you know it um of, um, uh, of American uh five swords right. Mm-hmm. we call it dinosaurs because we do a lot of sword hand strikes to the, f- to the throat. We can't do that. And and in, in MMA, um, right. and then we do like a, a, a the traditionally or, or ideal phase. We do a scoop, a backward scoop kick to the groin. Um, but here's the thing. We don't have to do a groin kick. We can do a back kick. You know, we don't have to do yeah. a sword hand strike to the throat. We can do a, a back fist. People don't realize that, you know, when they see tempo, They see, you know, and then they see, you know, the person standing there getting the, you know, and not having a sparring partner where they just see the person getting hit and not doing anything. Well, that's, there's all these different things about martial arts that you don't realize. They just see the surface of it, but they don't understand, they don't understand what we're doing. And then they just judge a book by its cover where like MMA, there's rules, There's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a referee, there's judges. You get a point taken away if you hit the groin too many times by, you know, by accident or you get disqualified if you intentionally hit the groin, you know, um, you know, in a real fight, there's not in a, in a situation on the street, there's not going to be a referee. You're not going to get points taken away, you know what I'm saying? So there's good and bad about everything. MMA is great because it, 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 it teaches you how to, how to fight in real time and how to, how to, Train your body to 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 you know to get hit, but what about like the real the reality of fighting? You know on um, you know in karate, you know, and in wushu and kung fu, we actually learn how to do certain things where they hu- actually hurt you and harm you, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but it's also about peace, you know, and serenity, and about like courage. You know, there's not about, there's not a lot of that involved in, in MMA, you know, peace and serenity, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's brutal. It's bloody, you know, um, so, you know, as martial artists and I say martial artists, because there's a difference between, between a fighter and a martial artist, a martial right, artist right. lives the way or a fighter just trains to go and go and go into a place and fight, you know, like mm-hmm. Don Wilton. Bill Superfull-Wallace, they are martial artists, but they are fighters because mm-hmm. they go in and they fight. They have gotten hurt. They have hurt people in in the ring, but, you know, and they have gotten hurt. But you know what? They are martial artists That they live the way.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They, exactly. live, they live right. what we practice. You know, mm-hmm. um, You know. we can go in there. We can go in a dojo, right, bow. And you know, and we can go in and um, you know, and learn all this stuff, you know, or teach stuff, and then go out and we can have a bad day, and then come on, come out on the other side, you know, you know, the next day, or you know, that later the night, you know, and be like, that wasn't so bad, you know, um, where some people will go in, you know, and they learn something, and then they something disappoints them, and they they quit, mm-hmm. you know. And that's not what we want. We want, as martial artists and instructors, to, you know, to say like, okay, you have a bad day, you had a bad week, but just try to come out of that, you know, try to try to you know build yourself, your self your self worth to feel okay that you can continue,
0: mm-hmm. you
3: know, on um, and like, on, um, you know, that's what's important. You know, uh, we have to look at every aspect of martial arts. Everything, right. every little detail—from the footwork to the torque to how we position our hands to to learning how to target certain areas of the body to body mechanics to the to on um, to you know um, on to, to the anatomy of your body, right. you know Um everything, you know to how we block to you know to you know how our opponent looks, you know what our po- how the size of our opponent. You know, um, you know our surrounding areas. You know, those are those are aspects that people forget about. You know, yeah. even people that you know, even people that have been doing martial arts for forty years forget about that. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't always grapple somebody. Because what happens if you try to get somebody in an armbar and then just take out a knife with the other hand and they stab you?
2: Well, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, though, is that, you know, a lot of like you said, a lot of people forget about forget about that. In fact, um, I just found another article in my in my news feed here about, you know, some of the just one thing that, you know, many young um, new MMA practitioners forget um, in uh, BJJ. They actually still in in most if not all uh dojos in Brazil, they still incorporate the traditional Japanese etiquette. So, like for mm-hmm. example, what did I what did I do with that article? Oh, here it is. I was looking all over for it. I was like, where is it? Okay. It <laughs> says uh if you get a chance to train jujitsu in Brazil, you should know that proper etiquette is to be used. Uh now the writer is um Let's see who's the writer. It doesn't say. Um, it said that uh, when I trained at Alliance Ipanema, I remember that if you came late to class, you were supposed to bow, handshake with the main instructor, and with all the other black belts. Also, as a lower belt, you weren't allowed to ask a higher belt to roll. And if you were rolling and bumped into a higher, then you, as a lower belt, had to move. And uh, and it in that it, in that particular dojo, it was it was pertinent that you showed the proper amount of respect and neglecting to show, quote unquote, neglecting to show the proper respect during any class is publicly and enthusiastically remedied by the instructor. Yes. <laughs> let's
1: and it says let's
2: not let's not be the bumbling gringo. And um at minimum there are four points to which you should bow and convey respect before and after training in Brazil. You have to bow to the dojo. Um, A photo of the dojo's founder, the master of the dojo, um, and the instructor of the class. Um, And they say that after you've changed in your kimono, as you approach the tatame, you should bow before stepping on the mat. So, you know, pretty standard for Japanese standards, right? Then approach the front of the dojo and bow to the kamiza. Or if there's no kamiza, you bow to the photograph of the dojo's founder. Um, And if there's no photograph, you bow to the front of the dojo. Uh, then you approach the ma- master of the dojo, bow, and then offer a handshake. Approach the uh, class's instructor, who's always nearly a black belt, bow, and then offer a handshake. And you repeat the p- same process after the training has in- uh, has concluded. And uh, you also have to know um, different uh, other things like uh, the proper seated position, how to tie your belt before leaving the mat for water, how to tie your, uh, and to tie your belt facing a wall, never facing a teacher, which is what we do also, uh, you don't mm-hmm. step on the mat without wearing a kimono, um, at least for this particular dojo that he's talking about, because, um, they didn't do nogi grappling, right? right. Um, and you don't leave right. your kimono on, on the floor and all sorts of stuff. So it's kind of like, you know, a lot of people look at the, the results of BJJ and, and uh, as ha- as to how it applies to MMA, which is, you know, good. It's it's good for, you know, groundwork and stuff like that. But a lot of people just think that, oh, you know, well, you know, if I'm on the ground, then I'll just, you know, put you in a short arm bar or something like that. And they just think that it's part of the kick-ass mentality. Um, and they forget that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has traditional roots that are still being recognized today. So it, right. it kind of, kind right. of like makes me wonder why some of the young people um especially what I call the fanboys the fanboys that all they do is they wear tap out gear and MMA is the best and traditional martial arts sucks and all that other kind of stuff it it behooves me why they think that you know traditional arts suck when you know the one of the big things that makes MMA is BJJ and they come from a traditional background and still use tradition so I
3: and, and it, it's funny that you, it's funny, you know, how you said that because the other day I, I had posted something. Cause you had shared some, you had, you had made, you had wrote something, I shared it and then I wrote something and I had talked about, I specifically talked about the definition of mixed, the actual yeah. the actual definition of mixed. Um, uh-huh. let's see if I can get to it here. Um, because that well, was important. You, while you're
2: finding that, I wanna I wanna just tell the listeners uh, about what the context is of what we're going to talk about here in a second. So, uh-huh. um, in the middle of the week, on my Facebook page, I posted a uh, a comment about how some dude commented on another Facebook video, um, and this Facebook video was um, about team team fighting in MMA. And it, yeah. it was it was kind of a cool video in the sense that, OK, you know, you got a team of five guys, you know, two teams, uh, you know, five guys on one side, five guys on the other. And the ring is huge. <laughs> it, it's like if you put six MMA rings together MMA score mats together, you've got this ring. Right. It's huge. And, um, you know. Uh, guys were double teaming triple teaming quad teaming on one guy you know and it was brutal absolutely brutal blood everywhere and stuff like that but anyway there was this guy that commented um about some some other comment about boxing and he said boxing is gay mma is the real way to fight boxing is gay and um I commented on it on the original video. I I went, dude, you know, first of all, yeah, I commented. I said, dude, first of all, you know, you know, why do you want to go around using the word gay like a 12-year-old teenager? Number two, you know, boxing has its merits for stand-up. So, you know, I mean, Uh, what are you going to do, you know? Uh it's not MMA isn't about using boxing rules we know that but it's got a good it's a valuable asset as much as BJJ as much as Muay Thai so, as you know so Wesley, what the heck Yeah what's one of the roots of MMA One of the roots
3: other than yes, boxing one of the
2: roots. <laughs> Other than boxing well, and No Muay Thai? that's the one I was
3: that's the one I was after is because how can you say boxing is is one way and MMA is the real thing when boxing is one of the roots of MMA. Right, and 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 so he, so here's the definition of here's three parts of what the definition of, of of mixed means: consisting of different qualities or elements; two, containing a mixture of both favorable and negative elements; three. Composed of different varieties, oh no, different varieties of of the same thing. Right. Think about that. Right. 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 M-N-M.
2: Right. Mixed right. Now, I, martial yeah. arts. Exactly. Now, Bob, I wasn't saying that it that boxing was different. Well, my point is is that people forget that boxing is a root of. That's of right. It. They do you forget that. You know. So. That.
3: They don't they, think they, about they forget the, the, the essence of MMA, right? Exactly.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of like you know the you know the this guy I, you know I don't know who he is you know so that's why I didn't you know say anything like well where's your video because you know he, you know you know how people get well you don't know me lady and I've already had people go you don't know me bitch you know that kind of thing and I'm like oh, whatever, but you know <laughs> it, it he's probably done you know if anything he's probably had not fought in the ring. Competitively, right. right? He probably rolled around in his gym or whatever. I'm just assuming. I'm not saying that's what it was, but it's kind of like the people, though, that actually have fought competitively in the ring. I've never met any of my friends that have fought competitively competitively in the ring. Say that boxing is useless. Never, ever, ever, uh, ever. I'm,
3: I'm gonna give. A, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give some names. I'm gonna put out some names here that are that I'm friends with. Some okay. um, Tony Carter, from, uh, former UFC fighter.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Um, another one. Current UFC fighter, Roger Narvez.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Current UFC fighter who just got a UFC contract, um, uh, uh, Sage Northcutt. His background mm-hmm. is in sport karate. Anthony Pettis, current UFC fighter. Okay um let's see here another one um uh, nick diaz okay um mm-hmm. all these people right okay um, um okay all these people okay uh, another one um uh i can never pronounce his, his last name um i can ne- i i feel bad and and I'll, i'm going to say this before i say his name uh i apologize if i if i say it wrong but andrew uh corandelli um and um yeah uh andrew kellandarelli uh Caland, uh c a l a n d r e l l i so yeah basically he's a bellator, huh? yeah thank you um he's a bellator fighter um he's a current bellator fighter and which is the rival, the rival company to the ufc and he lives in in uh, in, uh north haven connecticut And like I said, he's a current Bellator fighter, Um, Tito Ortiz. um, uh, A lot of these people, right, um, are all um, trained in both, um, uh, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and um, and other systems of martial arts. Also, um, they will tell you flat out. uh, And also, I'm going to put another name out there, Luke Kumo. Uh, former UFC fighter, who's done tough too. Okay, um, so all these people, right? Um, you know, these are professional fighters. These mm-hmm. guys made it big, and they're and by right, they they deserve the respect because they they've made it. You know, in the big, mm-hmm. they've made it. You know, and they will tell you flat out um, that um, yeah, um, boxing is a very important aspect. You know, and you know why. Because the te- boxing teaches you to how to throw the punch properly, right? Because anybody right. as martial artists, right? People us people who learn how to we learn about the science of fighting. Okay, the science the the word science of fighting comes from the legendary Steve Muhammad, okay, who mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. used to go by the name Steve Sanders,
0: who mm-hmm, fought mm-hmm.
3: with who trained under uh who who's a first generation Kenpoist um un, under Mr. Parker, um, who I got who had the honor the honor and privilege to meet um in June, um um in Hartford at a, at a at a Kenpo seminar. Um they have all said that um within the science of fighting, you know, that it's important to learn certain aspects. Uh-huh. You know, we can all throw a pun we can all throw a, throw our hand out and and make contact you know to the body. But why just throw – think about it. Why just throw your arm out there as, as a punch when anybody can do that, right? Why just throw it out there if you don't know how to do it? It's
0: right. Like you
3: have to learn how to drive before you drive, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You have to learn how to ride exactly. a bike before you ride a bike. So why not learn how to throw a punch? Learn it. Learn how to do it properly to make it pre- precision and perfect it, you know? You know, it's about there's, – there's different ways to throw a punch, but – learn how to do it, you know, like, you know, just, don't just throw it out there, throw it out there without learning how to telegraph it, learn how to throw mm-hmm. it with power and speed and torque, you know, um, you know, don't, don't cock back, you know, you can recoil, but, but don't cock back, you know, don't, don't throw your shoulder, your shoulder up, you know, and, and make it so, you, oh yeah, hey, yeah, I'll throw, throw a punch at you, you know, because that's what you're mm-hmm. doing when you throw your, your, your shoulder up. You know, learn how to throw it. You know, right? That's what boxing exactly. teaches you. Boxing teaches exactly. you how to how to move with your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think Why do you think Muhammad Ali was the greatest? He was the greatest boxer that ever lived, and he's still he's still you know in, in my in my own opinion, this is my own opinion that I think he is, and he will always be better than. Then um, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. I think you know that he there's much. <laughs>
2: let's ho- let's hope people don't start calling in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: and 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 I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to any of his fans or to him personally. I'm just saying it's my own personal opinion, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and I need, need to make that clear for for any listeners, you know, because I don't want to argue with people, you know, and um, right. but like. You know, but it's the footwork that, you know, his ability to move in and out, you know, and and make contact, you know, and stay in close, you know, and build to to strike. You know, Um, that's, you know, like Kenpo, for example, right? We have, uh, we take, Mr. Parker took aspects from hundreds of different stuff of different systems and styles to, you know, and he just took little bits and pieces of stuff and put them into into his system when he made it. When he first mm-hmm. formed American Temple, he took bits and pieces of stuff and he implemented it, you know, and he made his own thing so he could understand how to do it, so people could understand what to do, when to do it, and how to do it.
2: hmm You know, so, sometimes so- I wonder if, sometimes I wonder if MMA people, you know, are talking about, like, old-style boxing when when... You know, like when Jim Corbett, you know, was was still around in the 1900s. You know, and it's like, you know, because like, you know, I don't know how many people know that, you know, that there was like this this renaissance of boxing, you know, especially like in the early 1900s, like the 1920s or something like that. You know, these are stories that I hear from my own that I heard from my own dad. You know, that when the that Filipino the Filipino version of Western boxing was just different enough. Um and you know, and how it came over to the United States and and, and Bob, you know, one of uh one of the uh, people in, in your lineage, you know, uh Lucky mm-hmm. Lukai Lukai was one of those guys that brought the Filipino yeah. method over here, right? So a lot of people like forget that like a lot of the traditional aspects of Filipino martial arts like became a part of Filipino then modern quote unquote boxing and brought it over here. Right. Otherwise we'd still be, you know, fighting, you know, with our, with our hands up in the old English style, you know, (laughs) you know, Um, so
4: yeah. You
3: you know, I, I, this is a question for both you and Bob. I want you to name five things each um there are details of your systems of uh, of little little things. Gabe okay? uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna name five things, okay? Okay. So um uh, on my things are like um uh, recoil um, okay foraging okay, on okay. um, center line using a center line okay um, mm-hmm. and also on uh marriage of gravity um, okay, so mm-hmm. um, but, uh, what is it that's three or four um yeah, so okay, and then I'm gonna name um, uh, body mechanics and I'm, I'm gonna name a couple more um i'm gonna use um, um, uh, um uh, checking uh you know, the the specific principle of checking okay mm-hmm. um so now. Rosita, you name you name some things, and then, Bob, you name some things that okay. are very specific cool. details that are important.
2: Very cool. Um, coming from my Filipino martial arts background, I can't say enough footwork. Know your angles, right? Um, you know, know your platform is, is how I teach my own students. You know, you've got your shapes, your footwork shapes, like the triangle, the hourglass, the square, the circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the footwork. But also, uh, number two, uh, know how to not only strike, but guard while you're doing your footwork, right? Because a lot of people will throw a wild punch, but forget that someone can counter punch or counter kick right. or whatever. So you kind of, I guess that goes into three. You know, you got to know your opponent, right? Mm-hmm. And that goes into the Chinese martial arts um, as well. What is that, three or four? I lost count. I guess that's, that's three. four. Four, yeah. that was four. Okay. okay. And number five from my, from my Tai Chi background, well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say both my Tai Chi and Kajikembo background is that you have to learn how to blend as well as to smash. You, you know, you got to be able to learn how to either slip, absorb, take a punch, and to be able, uh, if your footwork, you know, isn't working, you know, you want to be able to, like, absorb, yield, and uh, bring that energy back into your opponent. So those are just you know very uh small things from from some of my background, so let's go to bob
3: okay uh body mechanics body positioning uh, uh knowing your ranges of combat
2: definitely mm-hmm. uh, yeah definitely
3: knowing,
2: that's a knowing your
3: weapons way. when 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 to use them when mm-hmm. not to
2: mhm.
3: Uh, and people are going to hate me for this. Avoid going to the ground.
2: No, I, no, I can. In I today's can, society. I, yeah, I mean, I can see why. You know, because it's kind of like in the team MMA video that I posted on my on my on my wall on Facebook. Right there was a guy on a team that was losing, and um, the the guy, the guy's teammates, the guy that was losing, his teammates, after they got done with their opponents, they saw what was happening. And they proceeded to kick the snot out of the guy that was on their guy, right? And it was kind of and they were on the ground, so here's this guy trying to grapple this this guy on the ground that was losing, and he, here comes two guys that come and kick the snot out of this guy, and they stomped him. They were rib kicking and elbow elbowing to the head, and the guy was down, and they were just kicking and beating the snot out of him. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I personally, I like the grappling aspect. But you know, realistically, you can only grapple with one person at a time. That's just my take, and people are going to hate, hate me for that too. But I've yet to see people grapple against two or three guys. That's just that's just saying, you know, <laughs> just saying. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, and uh, but you know, did, now have you guys noticed that pretty much everything we said, you know, uh, we might have missed a few points here and there, but everything that we said is is prevalent and present in all of our arts,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: When it comes to combat, it's not just an MMA thing. It's not just a, you know, and I just want to make sure that the listeners know that I am not, we are not downplaying MMA. We're not dissing MMA. Not We're just saying, because I love MMA, right? I mean, come on, you know, like <laughs> Kajikembo, you know, <laughs> come on. I, I love MMA. Um, You know, sometimes we see, maybe it's just us. But, you know, sometimes we see some, you know, especially the younger MMA players and less experienced MMA players, you know, diss the, 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 the older systems that the roots of MMA come from. I mean, they're, you know, it's like feeding, it's like uh, biting the hand that feeds you type of attitude. You know what I mean? And uh, that's just something that we're talking about right now. And, uh, you know, and earlier I said, I've yet to meet anyone that actually fought in the ring that would say, hey, you know, uh, jujitsu is bullshit or boxing is bullshit. I've yet to meet anyone that really fought to, you know, to actually diss, you know, the systems that it comes from because they, you know, they know it works and they've experienced it. Um, it just seems that the people that haven't yet experienced it as much tend to dis the other martial arts, or it might just be the company that they hang out with. I don't know, but that's what we're talking about. We're not dissing MMA as a whole, because we all love it. So just wanted to put that out there, put out the disclaimer before we get hate mail on our page. <laughs> right.
3: and, and just so you know, I, I just messaged, um, just so you know, I messaged um, just now, Andrew, the the Bellator fighter that I had mentioned before I I mm-hmm. just I, I asked, I I don't know if he'll see it right now um, see it you know by the time we get on the call uh, I mean by the time we're you know um, we're done I hope I, I'm hoping um, but um, um, but I said I said Dynamic Dojo Radio Talk Show I mentioned you uh, call in and we are discussing MMA and traditional martial arts we we, we would like your input. You know, um, and I gave him. The, I put him. I put the number down and, and told him to press one. But like, I would really like to hear what he has to say. Him with him being a pro MMA fighter and somebody that is, you know, that you know, because he's because on his own page he talks about boxing, you know, mm-hmm. as, as part of you know one of the, one of the things that he does for his classes because he he himself on you know on you know has boxing um, classes at his at his dojo.
0: Mm-hmm. you know
3: so um and um you know with him being a um a brazilian jiu-jitsu guy as well um i i think it's important you know for him you know um for him to um you know to see, to to see what what a pro fighter has to say about it you know mhm exactly. you know and i think you know um i think it's really important for for people like for everyone you know who's into martial arts um to you know to be able to um you know, um, you know, to be able to, you know, come in, you know, to sh- to share, you know, their experience in it, you know, um, you know, people like Shoney Carter, you know, or you know, or even like on um, people like Trace Majelis, who who doesn't do, he doesn't do the fighting, but he does like on um, the the XMA on style on weapon and and, and open hand forms, you know, on mm-hmm. um, I think that's important too because like. Like, a lot of people, see, you know, they see the the, the the extreme forms, you know, with the, with the high right. flying and the, all the fancy-dancy stuff. But they don't realize that that stuff, that stuff is important, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. right. For um, coordination and just, you know, just for, you know, the athleticism part of it. I mean, you know, everyone knows that no one's going to do a backflip. You know, everyone right. knows that, right? Um, but. <laughs> You know, just to just to be able to have that proprioception, that's the thing, is that, you know, a lot of people look at the, you know, fancy-dancy acrobatics and, you know, and I mean, I used to get kind of frustrated, too, when I was competing that I would lose out to people that would throw, like, a bunch of acrobatics stuff in there, right? Um, and, you know, even if, like, you know, because, you know, we've all competed against the people that would throw acrobatics, but then their stances would not be so good, you know what I mean? Their actual martial right. movement would not be so good, but they're, my God, their acrobatics were really cool. Right. And they would win. Yeah. And I would get so frustrated and go, what's going on. But, you know, as I got older, I went, well, you know, it does take a, a certain amount of you know, incredible proprioception to do that kind of stuff. And you need that kind of skill as a fighter. You have to know where you are, where your body is in space at any given time. Um, just, just as long as people know, hey, I'm not going to do a, you know, a jumping, you know, flip back kick or something. You know what I mean? Something right. crazy like that. So, anyhow, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, and well, um, you know, and I was talking to uh, Chuck Sullivan, which was one of Ed Parker's original black belts. And as we get older, our body starts to change, not necessarily for the better. And, right. You know, he was. <laughs> always able to do these high kicks like you do these butterfly kicks and now you can't do them anymore. And I looked at him and said, Chuck, the long time I'm going to hit kick somebody in the head was when they're on the ground. And now yeah. he absolutely agrees with me. He might've disagreed with me 30 years ago, but now he's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah.
2: Right. I, I would have, I would have disagreed with you too. I, I'm always going to be throwing these jump kicks, but it's like, nope. You know, my knees are blown out. You know, it's like, it's not happening anymore. You know, right. you got to get smart about your fighting. And, you know, um, but it takes, I know for a fact that a lot of these XMA guys and gals and stuff, once they get older, they're going to use that proprioception, you know, to their benefit for fighting and for their self-defense. I mean, they know perfectly well they're not going to throw, you know, fancy butterfly kicks or butterfly twists, land in the splits and, you know, flip what? around a bow like that. They know that. Um, and. You know, it's it's kind of unfair for some martial artists to say that that's all they know. You know, it's unfair but for you know, yeah.
3: And 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 it's important to understand that that the people who do the XMA, right? They mm-hmm. uh they can only do the XMA because they learn
2: how to do the traditional stuff first. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, a, a lot of people forget that or don't know that. They just assume that people come right. in there and the first thing they learn is a cartwheel and a backflip.
3: <laughs> right, and, you know, and it's funny because they don't they don't learn that stuff right away, you know.
2: Right. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and take a call. We had someone uh, recently uh, join the caller uh, caller queue, so let's bring up the mic. Uh, area code seven seven three. You're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this?
1: UFC fighter, world champion Shoni Carter.
3: Hey, Shoni, how
1: are you, brother? Mommy, doing great, actually. I'm here at work on my off day.
2: Oh no! <laughs> Thanks for joining mind. us. Thanks for joining us, birthday. man. Yeah. So, um, Rich, how about you uh, fill in Shoni about what we were talking about, and uh, see if we can get uh, get Shoni's uh, take on some of it.
3: Yeah, so first of all, Shoni, how are you, man? It's, it's, it's good to talk to you. You know, I haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, yeah, I'm doing
1: all right. Um, I came yeah. in on a, on Sunday. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah, so um, basically, what we're talking about is the importance of learning all aspects of martial arts and. Um, you know like we're discussing like on um, you know how a lot of people like the fan the the fan base people have a tendency to, to not understand the traditional aspects of martial arts when they when they see or when they see or hear and they they watch MMA they don't realize the importance of traditional parts of of martial arts within within MMA.
1: Yeah, well, I mean. I'm not speaking on behalf of every fan, but just from what I've heard, you know, when I go undercover at fight shows, and yep. most people don't, yeah, I agree with you, they're fans. They just want to see two guys in the gladiator two gladiators engage upon combat without understanding the very premise of what it is to take to have strength, skill, endurance, flexibility, and speed with rhythm and timing, which is mm-hmm. surprised in Total fitness and in martial arts, especially whether it's traditional martial arts or modern MMA, modern martial arts. Mm-hmm. And for instance, my first traditional martial art was um, Greco-Roman wrestling,
0: and mm-hmm.
1: then of course the Olympic freestyle wrestling, and and so on and so on. You know, you know the whole blah blah blah.
0: Mm-hmm. And then they
1: were, but it was it is boring. I, I mean. I had a girlfriend who used to think, for instance, and I'm quoting her exactly, she thought George N. Pierre was gay because he would always roll around on the ground. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of going on which you don't see. Her and her mm-hmm. sister would be so vehemently, you know, prejudiced towards just punching somebody in the mouth or kicking them in the head. I'm like, do you know how much skill it takes to pick your leg up, pivot, and turn mm-hmm. your hip over a, a moving object? Right. And and there'll be guys saying the same thing. I said, yeah, anybody can go to the rifle range and shoot a piece of paper. It's just sitting there.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: the idea of executing something as simple as that, perceivably, it takes a lot to breathe, relax, aim, stop breathing, and squeeze the trigger. Brass, But the idea of what MMA is and traditional martial arts is, it's been so overly glorified through television and pay-per-view and websites and Ronda Rousey with the cute dress and the bubble butt. And, and you know, I <laughs> think
0: you
2: know, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. It's true. And, you know, <laughs> I just had to laugh at that, man. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> true. I mean, it's... I mean, yeah, think it about
0: it.
1: True. All these guys that, that have fought, got way more fights than her, you can't name ten of them. hmm mm-hmm. And then, but everybody knows who she is, and I'm not mad at her. God bless her. Right. I got a mm-hmm. number. Anyway, that's another story. But uh, <laughs> the idea of what people think of martial arts and MMA, they see you in, in your little pajamas with your little belt tied around it, no matter what color it is, Oh, that's cute. Well, that looks corny. Until you get struck by a block, and you think, well, it's just them blocking. They know blocking is a strike. And mm-hmm. really exactly. Mm-hmm. And you, by accident, you will do a traditional technique that you didn't think about, so you watch it over and over. Somebody just sent me a video of judo and MMA. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm
1: like, yep, yeah, I've done all those throws. In MMA, and you would think, and they would just say, "Oh, that was a hip toss," "No, it was a foot sweep," "It was mm-hmm. a hand technique," but they don't get it because people don't realize that the traditional background is so prevalent in modern martial arts and necessary in in modern martial arts is what I call it that you tend to overlook the spiritual base root of what it was in, truly intended to be. It was self defense. And character building, mm-hmm. discipline, the structure, and the focus is how it how without focus, waste energy and you didn't waste mm-hmm. energy. Right.
3: I just want to interject here really quick, just mm-hmm. just so everyone um, everyone knows, uh, all the listeners and and so receiver and you uh, you as well, Bob, know that. You know, Sonny Carter is not only a, a former UFC fighter and a current and a current fighter uh, because he still fights today. Um, yeah. That he's also a former U.S. Marine, so he actually knows actual real combat as well. So oh. he, you know, so he's talking from all aspects, not just mm-hmm. martial arts. You know, martial arts. He's actually talking about. He understands. Every aspect, because he lives in Chicago as well. So, um, mm-hmm. and Chicago is known for its, you know, its its bad areas. So, Shawnee Carter, you know, is the real deal. Just so people, just so everyone knows.
2: Right on! I, I Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. First and foremost, I did not know that.
1: <laughs> A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know. I said, well, honestly, it's because I'm the guy who wore the pimp suits and wore speedos and. Back spinning, backfisting people and uh, I'll say what's on my mind and it may come out with, in a colorful alliteration of vernacular but yes yeah, I come from a traditional background and I mean my resume I don't even like to self edify but Rich knows I'm in the Hall of Fame with Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee and him and some I mean, everybody else but the more important thing is that when I look at martial arts it's a journey not a destination I don't train for a fight I train because it keeps me, you know, dealing with humans.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: stop taking pills. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But um, I, I love the very idea of modern martial arts and traditional martial arts. I'm actually going to start studying with some Shotokan guys and Shodokan guys. But even though I'm a, you know, yeah, I'm a black belt, but I'm the black belt that's the flaming sword. I don't know Kata's. Mm-hmm. I could... Mm-hmm. The key own in the actual Techniques But if you ask me to do a kata I can make up a shoni kata But you wouldn't know The difference if you're not a martial artist But the mm-hmm. martial artists know that. I don't know pinions one through five Or take each other Or geeks show Geeks die or Basai.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm willing to learn them And try to go compete in a kata competition But very that's cool. the fundamental yeah i'm i'm actually training for a co competition i'm a, and i'm going big i don't fall down hills i wanna i wanna i wanna fall down a mountain so
0: oh, I'm gonna go to like
1: i want to go to like some grand national or something like huge yeah
3: like you know? like, like a like a crane rated uh tournament or or like an n b l like like uh like the Nascas and stuff yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and Sony, I can hook you up with with all that information too. Um, later on, you know, um, just just give me a call later, you know, um, after the after the talk show, and and I'll uh, and, uh, and I'll I'll get you connected
1: with all that. Well, stuff. first I gotta let me get them down first. Get my <laughs> and my, let me get it together. Yeah, I got uh, five pinions and a and, you know a kanku die and, yeah, I want to like rip my geese from throwing the punches and kicks so hard. Had that there snap you pop crack. Nice. Oh,
2: give me. You'd look good doing kusan kudai. You'd look good doing kusan kudai because that, that you know uh, uh, I think it would fit fit your body type. Yeah, uh, very that's well. What I, that's what I want. I want concrete. Yeah. Very cool. I good. Fly,
1: good. I, I like techie, but i was like, all oh, right. But I actually like, like you know, I got to learn all five pinyons. Yeah,
2: for for right, yeah yeah. Right. I think you'd do good with that because, yeah. like, you know, it's 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 great that you that you're mentioning you know wanting to learn kata and compete with it because uh, just before you called, we were talking about how important proprioception is and how people are dissing on. Uh, you know, people doing like the XMA, you know, backflips and stuff. And I said, well, you know, we all know that nobody's going to do a backflip in a real street situation, but it does give you a sense might, of perception. Might. Well, you would. <laughs> you would, you would, you would, but, you know, it gives you a sense of knowing where your body is at all times. And that's exactly what kata is for. You know, we're not going to do kata, you know, in a, you know, low and when we're fighting, but it gives us that sense of where's our, where's my body now? You know, can I exactly. keep my back? And, you know, so it's really refreshing to, to, to hear that you want to do kata competitively and to learn kata and, you know, because you see the the importance and the value in it. That's It's so refreshing to hear, Shoni. Thank, Thank, Thank you.
1: No, it's my pleasure. I just want to do something fun, you know, and rediscover mm-hmm. that traditional side of martial arts that most people tend to neglect to even think about. Cause mm-hmm. For me, I mean, I, I never got into martial arts to say I'm gonna make it to the UFC. I tripped mm-hmm. and fell in MMA, you know. And honestly, mm-hmm. it was just because my friends dared me. I'm like, <laughs> I was thinking, no seriously. I was literally in college, and my friends didn't believe that I could fight because I was the guy. Check this out. You're gonna love this.
0: Okay. Long
1: sleeve <laughs> shirt. Long sleeve shirt with cufflinks and a tie. On a college campus. Right. I was was that dude. My shirt was tucked in. I've never Mm -hmm. worn sagging pants. I even tuck Mm -hmm. my shirt in when I'm wearing shorts. People tease me, but I'm like, whatever. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) That's funny.
1: (laughs) No, no, it is. But in all fairness, I was that cat on campus. With a full tank of gas, and I didn't have to have anybody chip in for gas for pizza.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: The young boys would take the girls on a date. I would tell a young lady, "I'm gonna take you on an adventure." Where's your passport?
2: Oh, (laughs)
1: yeah, right. Awesome.
2: Yeah, how about that? Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
4: (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's why I don't hang out with dudes. They they get mad at me because I'm. It sounds like I'm joking, but I'm like. No, really. Real mm-hmm. quick, stepping outside with our conversation. I had some, I was a trainer at a, a gym, and uh, I had a fight here in Chicago, shockingly, and uh, I asked 28 women, hey, what y'all doing next Friday other than being on NBC with me? And wow. I did different. And 22 women thought I was lying. <laughs> and then I said, I tell you what? I used you to And so I told them, we made the Chicago Theater, and I'll get you a free ticket to a show, and dress like a pussycat dog. And they, they thought, <laughs> I didn't say it to, all together, I said it individually.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So they all, well, all but six showed up at the same damn time. Now, Rich, that may sound like a, a disaster. <laughs> No, <laughs> I went to the promoter and asked for 22 tickets. And he thought I was insane. I said, Listen, man, I got 22 women outside of the dough dressed like pussycat dolls on State Street. Black miniskirts, fishnet stockings with open toe strapped heels. Stiletto heels. And he was like, No, you don't. And then, of course, security, he called it. He was like, Yeah, he does they all walked in and they were like everybody said listen do you care if i win or lose this fight or did i just brought 22 women into your your venue
4: <laughs>
1: never again has this been accomplished by anyone <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs>
4: the, Now,
1: that's listen, a <laughs> no i literally had 20, 22 women walk me to the cage and you know what my 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 entrance song was. What's that? By the way, one of them one of them can breathe fire.
0: <laughs>
1: my frank, my frank entrance song was, my chick bad, my chick hood,
2: oh. my chick can do some
1: good tricks.
2: I'm gonna, like, <laughs> gonna have to find, I'm gonna have to find this tune, man. <laughs> oh yeah. It's from Ludacris.
1: My chick bad. Okay. My chick hood. Yeah. <laughs> So in Bellator history, I'm serious, I did it. But <laughs> awesome. back to what we were, and back to relevant affairs, uh, traditional martial arts. It's it's a journey, not a destination. You know, I I just enjoy doing it, and I tell people, don't think about just doing a fight. Just mm-hmm. walking out the door of your house every day is a fight. You fight. I to agree thrive. with that. You fight, you fight to thrive.
3: Yeah, you because. Yeah, because like, like for me, right? Like I, like I'm 32 years old, and I, I, I live with mental health disabilities, and I'm, a, and I, I'm also a recovering drug addict. In other words, I, I, I have a history of, of, of drug use in my past. In other words, so I don't use, I don't use drugs anymore, or drink alcohol anymore. And you know, like, so sometimes I have really bad days where. I feel like the world's coming down on me, but you know what mm. i don't i don't drink I don't do drugs anymore and i and i just and I don't do anything you know i I mean I still smoke cigarettes once in a while, which is definitely not good, but it's better than doing the drugs and the alcohol and right. and, and you know what like i you know part of be part of being a martial artist is, is learning how to um, how to deal and how to cope with 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 issues, you know. So like when Journey Carter, when when Journey, when you just talked about about you know, it's a fight to walk out the door. Sometimes, sometimes I don't want to leave. I don't want to get out of bed because I'm so like sad and like depressed, you know. So like. You know, martial arts, you know, with martial art, us martial artists, not just because, you know, there's, there's a difference between being a fighter and being a martial artist. Mar, like I said before, martial artists live the way where a fighter just trains to fight, you know. So, us martial artists, we learn that, like, you know, about courage and about, like, um, being okay with ourselves and, you know, and, 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 and um, you know um you know overcoming fear you know and and you know and self. And, and we learn about self uh, self worth and and um you know dignity and and respect and and honor and And everything else, you know, and so like for me as a martial artist, you know, dealing with mental health issues and growing up in a motorcycle club where I saw nothing but violence growing up and, and, and my mother being dead, you know, and my brother being dead, you know, like I've been through a lot, but I continue. I continue to fight the good fight for myself so that way I can one day, you know, have people say like. You know, you you encourage me. You know, you 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 help me. You know, be better for myself. You know, for somebody else. You know, because people like Shoni, people like you, Sita, people like you, Bob. You know, really encourage me. You know, and that's what martial arts is about. You know, martial arts is not about getting in that ring and you know putting on putting on a good show and you know and making the person bloody. You know. Because you know what, when Shoney, when he was in that in that in that UFC ring, man, or in the in the octagon, you know the the grand stage of them all, right? The 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 the, the most you know prestigious cage of you know in the world, the UFC, right? He was not only putting on a show, but those, his fans loved him, and the people that were not his fans became his fans afterwards. You know, and, and, and that's know. a fact. Why? Because he. Because he went in there and had fun. You had fun, and I noticed that every time, I, every, every every fight that I've seen you fight, Shony, you had fun.
1: I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I've been people here at the gym. I mean, I'm I'm a manager of LA Fitness for personal training. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm over here at uh, Clark and Diversity in Lakeview, and I'm here. Is, um, you know, I'm off day. I'm -hmm. talking to you guys, but yet I'm having fun with it. Right on. That's right. Yeah, I just, fitness for me and working here is not even working, it's just part of my life. And that's why people need to look at it as a part of their life. You know, Mm -hmm. you could like a paycheck or you can change people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's what I like
2: to say. You know, the, oh, it's, it's great cool. that you're. It's great that you're mentioning that because, um, cause I was wondering, and I'm sure Bob is wondering too, what advice both of you guys would have for for kids these days wanting to do martial arts and coming up in martial arts. What advice would you give kids these days? Well, why don't we start with Shoni and then go to go to uh, go to Rich.
1: I mean, I guess a bunch I can say. I mean, mm-hmm. train harder today than you did yesterday. Train harder tomorrow than you did today. Call me, come see me if you want me to help you. I don't mind. I love helping. If, mm-hmm. if people said, Would you come and do a seminar? I'd say, Sure. Whether it's anti bullying, self defense, hey, fly me in. You ain't got to put me in a hotel. I'll sleep in your guest bedroom. I don't mind because it's not about, you know, being. Famous. I never meant to get famous. I just wanted to enjoy the whole trip. And that's mm-hmm. what you have to do. You have to enjoy what you're doing. And and you get one big lap. Enjoy that lap. Mm-hmm. Have fun. You know, just enjoy what it is that you do. And I can stop cyberbullying right now. You ready to hear this profound statement sure. I'm about to make? I am. Everybody buckle up. This is some heavy stuff I'm about to throw out there. I'm buckled. (laughs)
2: All right.
1: Unplug. Go outside. Ride a Mm, bike.
2: Go mm, have a treat.
1: Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir. Go play soccer.
1: Go (laughs) kick a ball. Go join the wrestling team. Do some push-ups, sit-ups, and squats instead of updating your Facebook status. Mm-hmm. Turn off your chat room option on your Facebook page mm-hmm. Put down the remote Go do some chin-ups on your nearest park Get on a swing Get away from the computer I mean, mm-hmm. really And if you got a, a physical bully Guess what? Go be a snitch Be a tattletale Go tell And if you don't and If the if first person don't do nothing the second, third, fourth, fifth, or then if you get to 10 people that ain't did nothing. Guess what? Call me. I'll show up.
2: Mhm.
1: the. I mean, wonderful clearly. advice. Yeah, unplug. Ignore. Mm-hmm. them.
2: You know what's I've funny, Sony? To- you know what's funny It's like I'm so glad you 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 mentioned that because I uh I I teach at a private school and I teach uh, yeah. tai chi and wushu there as part of their PE cuz cause, cause a lot of schools here in Seattle don't have PE anymore. It, there's just not How enough you funding on, though, just, come in. You know, and it's it just pisses me off that that you know that the funding doesn't, you know, doesn't work and stuff like that, right? But, you know, right. I take these kids out to the uh, out to a nearby playground every day and it never fails to amaze me how many kids are not playing baseball or not playing flag football the stuff that i say hey let's play flag football or something right let's run let's you know let's fall down let's do something but they're like just leaning up against the fence on their on their you know permanently connected ipads and that's all they're doing and i'm like god you guys it's sunny out you know (laughs) it's like really get outside come on come on kids Oh, my God. I mean,
3: really. Our, so, geez. yeah, but, Ross, when you and I were kids, we were our father's remote control TV.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Man.
1: Get up and stand the chat. Yeah, exactly. You not want to stand there and be the damn antenna. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How Wait, true is that? You wanna- yeah, were, were, were you guys the, the ones that had to stand there with your arm in some weird place holding a piece of tinfoil? <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, yes.
1: I mean, now I know that there's a small electrical charge in your brain that amplifies mm-hmm. the signal. If you ever want to find your car, put the yeah. remote under your chin. But yeah. literally, literally. So, yeah. Before I I before
3: I I I mentioned about like um about what advice I have to give I have to on, um, you know uh really just really quick on you know we're talking about you know Tony you were talking about about anti bullying and you know and with the martial arts kid you know coming out you know and everything like that on um, you know and about like you know tr- traditional martial arts and and MMA there's a friend of mine her name is Sammy. Roberts and her her nickname is MMA Brat and she also um had done a um a a, a talk show in, in a in a and a, a in a in a in a radio blog and everything else she's um i believe she's 18 now but she's she she has done martial arts traditional martial arts and she does and M, M, she she does MMA and on um, and she's a, an amazing woman she on um, you know she she's so cool like um okay so basically, um, you know, what I have to say is, you know, don't give up. Don't give up. You know, and, um you know, it, it's important to, like, keep going and, you know, believe in yourself. Be good to yourself. Don't say you can't do it. Don't say I'm going to stop this because this is too hard for me. I, and mm-hmm. And it's important for me on, you know, to, on, you know, it's important for me to, to reiterate the fact that, like, everybody has issues, um, whether it's big, small. We all have stuff going on in our lives. And it's really important that, like, on um, – it's really important on um, it, – it's really – excuse me, I'm stuttering. Um, it's really important for everyone to know that, like, you can do anything you put your mind to, anything,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Right.
3: So, I mean, Sony Carter is a on um, is, is is a prime example. Myself, who grew up in a in a in a in a life of crime, you know, a motorcycle club, you know, and I, you know, I'm a recovering drug addict. I have mental health issues, you know. My mother died, you know, uh, when I was 15. My brother died in, in 2007, you know. And and you know what? Like, I still persevere. Perseverance will always pay off. No matter what.
2: Indeed, indeed. Thank you so Absolutely.
3: much. Absolutely. And Bob, what
2: about you? I mean, you've got you've got a lot of experience too. What uh, What advice would you give to kids, real quick? Because we only have like five minutes left of our broadcast.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I do. You know, I do have a couple things, and I'm right there with Sony because I had to rat a kid out when my my son was being picked on. Uh, mm-hmm. I told you the story. Uh, a kid lost his legs real recently because he. Tried to commit suicide and jumped off a a bridge over a freeway, and then I Mm -hmm. find out last weekend it was his water polo team that was just bullying the hell out of him. Yeah, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I I wanted to literally say, "Get me a stick and bring those boys to me. Right, let me see how it feels. Yeah, you
2: know, exactly.
3: You know, don't don't take it. Uh, If you need to talk to somebody about it, go tell on. Go tell a teacher, principal, policeman, parent whatever Mm -hmm. it takes to stop this from happening because I'm seeing too many travesties out there right now that don't have to be there. I know when, when we were kids, there was, yeah, we got picked on, but, but nobody was committing suicide over there. So there's some things happening that shouldn't be happening. And Mm -hmm. a shout out to Shoney because the martial arts kid is going to be up being uh, uh, shown in Chicago on November 12th at the AMC River East 21 on East Illinois Street. Right. <clears throat> oh, right on. I I think you really may enjoy seeing it, Tony. Okay. Very cool. Now, I, very I, I had a question. First. I'm sorry, what, Tony?
1: No, uh, no, I just... wanted
3: to ask you a question because U, UFC MMA is so brutal are you taking precautions because you're not going to be able to fight like this forever. Your body's going to get banged up. You're going to blow out your knees. You're going to blow out your back. Are you taking precautions to retire early so you can just train and teach people and chill out so, you're, so you don't have physical problems in the future?
1: I've been doing that for a long time. I mean, literally, I'm in a negotiation for finally getting my book published. I'm a manager of a of LA Fitness and I teach Chicago Cops, and I, I've got so many things going on, like I've done a small film called Charger. I'm in the next upcoming Star Trek. Oh, cool. I'm in a movie, in a movie with Wesley Snipes and Michael Jai White and Cicely Tyson Angela Bassett. And, Very I mean,
4: cool.
1: yeah, it's, it's so much things that are going on, on on so many little micro levels in my life that. I give back, and I still compete in grappling tournaments, and I, I only compete at super heavyweight. It, was, mm-hmm. it makes it fair for the guys, you know, they it was like 260 and above? Or, but I mean, these are 40 something year old guys who, even if they black belt say, What is the chance of you training every day or two times, three times a week, and you ain't never get a fight or never gotten to a UFC level of competition, and you mm-hmm. never once thought? that you would welcome to a grappling mat at a tournament with your little black belt on and you have to go up against a former 14-time world champion who's been in the UFC.
0: You mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> can't
1: economically against that happening. So Man. what I do is I do tournaments, tournament and whatever belt division is uneven, I'll jump right in. And one of the most beautiful things, and the thing about me, this is a moment I'm going to tell you about that i saw the most beautiful thing. One opponent was 52. The other one was 72. And they were going in the no-gee division, and there was nobody Mm -hmm. else their age. Mm -hmm. And I said, and these two went at it. The older man lost, but they both broke a sweat. And I stood up and I started clapping. Everybody around me started clapping. I said, gentlemen, I know I'm going to offer this to you as a humble, modest man. I'd like to compete against both of you just to give you You know, a chance to work out. And they both Mm -hmm. obliged me. And everybody's like, What are you doing? I said, I don't care. I said, The chances of you getting a chance to work out with a professional, former world class (laughs) athlete who tried out for the Olympics and fought in the UFC, you cannot bet odds on that ever happening in your life. When or when? And it ain't, it ain't about Shoney Carter. The fact is I'm the representation of what part, the major part of what made MMA and UFC so popular.
0: Mm-hmm. The idea
1: the this of, of gratitorial combat being personified of power and authority on TV. And you the fans, the people behind the scenes beyond the UFC years. Young lady, think about this. What were the chances you grew up thinking about having a radio blog talk show talking to a former UFC fighter who's a U.S. Marine?
2: What are the chances? I didn't even, you know, to tell you the truth, I really didn't think that I would have my own radio show. Um, (laughs) But, you know, but I did, I did, when I did go to college, I did take, you know, classes in radio and TV and stuff like that. Um, (laughs) But didn't even it didn't even like cross my mind, you know, no. to
1: have a yeah. yeah. That's what I told the crazy. I don't know if she's gonna be the ex girlfriend when I get home or not. She's either mad or hates <laughs> me. But <laughs> I told her she's from Romania, born in mm-hmm. Romania, and I've taught her a little bit of MMA. I coached her from not knowing how to fight to she she lost her first little amateur fight. But to give a little background on her. She came from Romania, just outside of Transylvania, and grew up. You know, she has a criminal record, but you know, I'm not. I don't judge people on that. Mm-hmm. And I said, "What are the odds of you not knowing anything about MMA to meeting George mm-hmm. Saint Pierre, training with a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt who's number one in the world in grappling, Jonas Novias, and working out with a?" former UFC fighter and a U.S. Marine, let alone knowing the names of Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, uh, Keg Zengon. I mean, I tell people, I say, the idea how we as martial arts we change people's life course. Right. She went from being in prison to being the girlfriend who hates, can't stand an MMA fighter who is the boyfriend.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: said, think about right. it. I say, what I like doing is um those people who don't have an a idea of what it is to be a pro athlete. I'm a personal training manager.
0: My think? job
1: is, is to change your life. I don't sell personal yeah. training. Quick. Um, you, it's personal nice. but Go ahead, y'all. I knew we can cut time. we on time. Yeah, we're really short on time.
2: No, we can't a take the call right now because technically we're recording and we're no longer live. Oh. <laughs> oh God, we okay. yeah, we we unfortunately need to cut out. Um but thank you okay. both so much for, what for joining show. us. And you know what, Shoni, one of these days, how about we have you as a guest on our show and uh, we can talk more because like you know, I'd love to I'd love to talk more about uh about your career and uh you know any obstacles that you came across in your training and you know and your philosophies on um, martial arts and training and stuff like that but in the meantime um why don't we do this let's go ahead and uh cut this show out with your intro there buddy so thanks for calling in and uh, tune in next week, everyone, as we uh, hopefully talk to the CTO of the Masters Hall of Fame, Hunchie Dan Heck. So have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Shoni. Thanks, Bob. See you later. Thanks,
1: Shoni. I'm saying my chick bad. My chick hood. My chick do stuff that your chick wish it could. My chick bad. Bad in years my chick do stuff that I can't even put in words. Her quagga don't stop, her body won't quit. So full pipe down, you ain't talking about my, my, my chick bad. Tell me if you're her. She always bring the racket, like Venus and Serena. All white top, all white belt, and all white jeans. Body looking like milk. No time for games.